Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world. And you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute, formerly Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders and their organizations to identify the trends that will most likely disrupt their businesses and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organizations. I'm also an adjunct faculty member in universities in the U.S. and Germany. We are broadcasting live from West Palm Beach at the International Leadership Association Conference. This year's theme is Authentic Leadership for Progress, Peace, and Prosperity. In the world that is increasingly interconnected, our actions as leaders ripple across the globe. This year's guests talk about their work as global leaders and practitioners to advance the field of leadership. Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We are live from the International Leadership Association Conference, and our guest is Brad Jackson. Brad is the Director of Policy Innovation Hub and Professor of Social Innovation within the Griffith Business School at Griffith University. He's the former Vice Chair of the International Leadership Association and the former co-editor of the journal Leadership. So today we're going to talk about Brad's most recent book, Revitalizing Leadership, Putting Theory and Practice into Context. And he's going to tell us why that matters. And specifically for me, as we've talked about this, the idea that leadership theory and leadership practice needs to be revitalized or updated or innovated so that we can address the wicked problems that we're facing across the globe at this current point in time. So Brad, tell us a little bit more about yourself and then we'll jump into the book. Yeah, well, as you say, I'm now based at uh, Griffith University in Brisbane, uh, ah, Australia. Okay. I've spent uh, the first 18 years of my life in, the, in England, the next 18 in Canada, another 18 in New Zealand, and I'm starting hopefully another 18 in, in Australia. And one of the reasons I went to uh, Griffith University is they have a very strong commitment to sustainability and social Im- impact. They're what they call a country campus. And, and the whole focus on social innovation, to me, answers a very important question, which is leadership for what? Mm-hmm. So I've spent a lot of my career you know, working in leadership teaching, leadership theory, leadership practice and development. But I was starting to get uneasy about, well, what's that for because Mm -hmm. too much of it was about if you get the techniques right the behaviors the skills etc but not enough about well why what's Mm -hmm. so i got 
very focused on this sort of role of purpose okay. in, in, in leadership. So the, the book, you know, that we'll be talking about is called Revitalizing Leadership, and I co-authored it with four of my colleagues, mm -hmm. three other colleagues in, in New Zealand. Uh, Susie Wilson, Stephen Cummings, and Sarah Proctor-Thompson. And essentially the book emerged from our collective uh, concern about the state of leadership, research mm -hmm. and leadership mm -hmm. thinking, and how that was becoming quite detached from the quite remarkably bad and some of the remarkably good things that are happening mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. world through mm -hmm. you know, the digitization, through the challenges to democracy, you know, post-truth world, etc., environmental mm -hmm. degradation, all of the usual list of wicked problems that mm -hmm. you've alluded to. But it, you know, given what's going on and given the recognition mm -hmm. that people have around leadership, when you look at, quote, the state of leadership thinking and theory, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, almost, it's almost as if that hasn't happened. So everything's sort of rolling along, evolving, using mm -hmm. you know, generic theories of transformational leadership or authentic leadership, servant mm -hmm. leadership. Mm -hmm. But there's been no recognition about actually the world is a very different and much more dangerous place than it was. Mm -hmm. Why do we pretend in our, think, in our leadership thinking that that's not, not happened? Mm -hmm. So I guess our argument, so that, that was the call for revitalizing. In fact, we want to make okay. it, you know, as a play on being vital okay. as opposed to being mm -hmm. kind of politely, you know, pleasant but not less and constructive but yeah, not sustainable not thriving that's right and so you know the revitalization was a focus on um if you like making it vital and making it come to life making mm -hmm. it real mm -hmm. because so much of the focus has been around developing sort of abstract ideas and tools mm -hmm. and techniques of models that you can apply mm -hmm. pretty well anywhere and if you get the techniques right then you get success you get leadership success mm -hmm. and what we're arguing is that's problem in actual fact, what we need to do is to bring context okay. into the equation. So in other words, most of the effort has been about we want to develop theories that are context-less, that are generic, that are universal. And the very act of doing that sows mm -hmm. the seeds of the problems. In fact, mm -hmm. contributes to or inhibits our ability to tackle the wicked problems. Okay. Everyone's looking for the big universal solution. But what we're arguing is you've got to begin and start with where you're at, when you're at. And that's critical to mm -hmm. the leadership that you need to develop. And I would say that, and this is about you, not me, but yeah. our my work also very much encompasses, we call it situational analysis. Yeah. I can't prescribe a set of leadership behaviors that is universal. We can say in theory, in the yeah. book, yeah. this is what we think is most effective. Yeah. But what you're doing in New Zealand in, yeah. in technology is going to be different than what the U.S. Army is doing. Yeah. Most yeah, but even within New Zealand, and this is the issue, because I think, well, I, I mean, I come to the States and I love coming here, and the ILA is, you mm -hmm. know, I've, I've been part of this because I sort of realized that we've got to work on a global basis. Mm -hmm. But there's still this idea that there is, you know, international, and then, then there's presumably national. Mm -hmm. I don't quite understand mm -hmm. what US thinking is, but mm -hmm. there's this sort of, oh, you're international, so you, it's different there. But the truth mm -hmm. be told, I mean, just, you know, I went from West Palm Beach to, Palm Beach. And that's mm -hmm. like you go across the bridge and it's a completely different world. <laughs> yeah, and, I did that and, last and, night. And, and, yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so when people talk about, well, that's in the US, and of course it's different in New Zealand, etc. Look, within New Zealand, it's... So what we're arguing is a much more finer focus mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. particular places mm -hmm. and, and starting there. And so, you know, the, you mentioned, you know, leadership thinking and then you apply it and then situation. We're saying that thinking needs to emerge from the place. It needs to emerge 
based on the place. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, part of it is, you know, you might say bottom up versus top down, but I don't think it's it's more about actually drawing on what are the uh, you know the kind of resources and and um, what's the thinking there, what's distinctive about there, about this particular place that becomes a critical driver in the research, not a mm-hmm. oh we better take that into account at the end. So say more about how that process works. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's basically, if you think about, uh, so, so just, just in terms of what we're arguing within organisations. Mm-hmm. So if you like, we've, we've driven hard to become a, a separate uh, field, you know, mm-hmm. leadership versus entrepreneurship versus operations research mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. strategy. But, and we've sort of pulled out and said, you know, there is this distinctive thinking behaviours and skill sets of leadership. Mm-hmm. There's ours and you need to learn these in the way you need to learn these. So, you know, classic MBA, you know, how, the, how that works. Okay. Yeah. What we're saying is um, by pulling out the leadership, we've lost something really vital. Ah, oh, got okay? it. Okay. So, 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 so in the book, we basically present chapters about if we were to bring leadership into entrepreneurship, into HR, into governance, you know, into uh, you know, it's just a strategy or whatever. It's actually saying you, you can't pull it out. As soon as you pull it out, you lose something quite vital. And so, what we, what we've, we've suggested just within organisations mm-hmm. that actually there are these processes. And you know, I'm, my particular field that I'm most passionate about is about governance. Okay. In fact, you know, I learned a lot from governance being on the ILA board. <laughs> Some great minds there. You, know, you can imagine mm-hmm. you've got twenty leadership mm-hmm. experts and. But what strikes me is when you read the governance, it's like leadership is silent there. Leadership's done somewhere else, you know. Mm. I mean, it's, it's uh, and then management's done somewhere else. So you have people do do, do, do governance, people who do leadership, people do management, you know. Mm-hmm. And what, because, and it's this idea that, that that's, that's the key focus and task. Mm-hmm. But in actual fact, you know, uh, the way in which boards work together, mm-hmm. you know, the chair relationship, the CE, but also the whole how are they creating leadership in governance? But you know, in how conscious are they of of that? And more particularly the very direct but more powerfully the indirect influences, the way they create leadership has an enormous influence on what happens in the rest of the organisation. So so what I'm trying to say is, instead of people saying, oh, we do governments, you know, the senior mm-hmm. team does leadership, mm-hmm. and then the middle managers do management, mm-hmm. and the rest just show up. You know, got we're it. actually saying, you've got to have C leadership in governance, leadership in supervision, leadership in, you know, there's these mm-hmm. general organisational processes. So that, that's an example of sort of contextualising mm-hmm. leadership thinking. So as you're talking about that, what comes to mind is I joined a board of a university as they were in receivership. Yeah, oh wow. and, and so it was a fascinating and, and painful process, but mm. we, we were able to actually have them acquired. So that was the good news. But I joined the, the committee that was helping do strategic planning and change the bylaws, change how we functioned or yeah. how we were governed. And it was very clear that the old way of decision making mm-hmm. and being led came from the board. They selected CEOs who led in a certain way. That needed to change, but it had to come from the board also. Yeah. The CEO too, but the board is directing the CEO's behavior in many cases yeah. or keeping them, firing them for also executive team and the rest of the organization mm-hmm. I think they're, they're unaware of the influence of what they're paying attention to how they're 
mm-hmm. is picked up throughout the rest of the organisation. They, 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 they get it. So, you know, from that perspective, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, the role of the CEO appointment in re- recruit retention and, right. you know, it's, it's not, it's, don't get me wrong, it's central. But oh. it's a, it's so it's actually saying the leadership work doesn't begin and end there. Well, and in receivership, the board was mm-hmm. more heavily involved, so this isn't a normal operation. Yeah. But we had to get reporting focus on what was happening inside the organization, mm-hmm. all of that, and where we did and where we didn't focus. And the tone we set on economics versus other indicators really was probably what got them to receivership, frankly. And so to your point, leadership is happening in all of the, in the entire organization, including bottom-up from their employees. Well, yeah, and I think that's probably our other focus is, you know, I'm sure you've picked up this on other interviews, this focus on leadership, not leaders. And that's a key task. Uh, mm-hmm. But the New Zealand Leadership Institute several years ago, we got I think about thirty of the top chairs and CEOs of you know organisations across thirty sectors. Okay. And we got them to reflect on uh, just we just basically had three or several word cards. Mm-hmm. Put this in front of these you know very eminent uh, executives and said, "Talk to me about governance. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about leadership." And. What was fascinating was uh, we, we collected all of the data about how they were looking and then we realized, and they, they were becoming quite conscious of it, we, mm-hmm. we fed the data back there, they basically said, look, we are unconsciously, their unintended way, consequences of the way we are governing, that actually thwarts leadership mm-hmm. and doesn't promote. Mm-hmm. Because they had this sort of dominant sort of policing, you know, uh, due diligence, checks and balances mm-hmm. mentality that, and it, it was it was quite fascinating to see that actually because they hadn't been conscious of the leadership impact and their leadership together, that had thwarted their ability to actually promote leadership. They, they were so what they were getting was completely opposite to what they were looking for, mm-hmm. but they weren't planning to do that. <laughs> but it was just the way that they they felt. Okay, when you do governance, you have to behave this way. Mm-hmm. There are these rituals. There are these mm-hmm. you know that we always did it this way and we always do it that way. That actually was thwarting the leadership they were looking for. So there's an example of the fact that they were thinking about governments, not necessarily thinking about leadership, and sort of seeing where's our leadership in governments there? You know, where's What's the intersection? Exactly. So, you know, it's like, now we'll do the leadership, okay, now we'll do mm-hmm. the governments. Now, no, actually, they work simultaneously, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they're there to achieve different things. And just being conscious about it, say, hold it, you know, when was the last time we had some conflict? Mm-hmm. When was the last time we had some tension? When was the last time we, you know, had some edge here, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was saying, why are we spending so much time talking about this? We're wasting our time, you know, with mm-hmm. versus going through the motions and the mm-hmm. ritual, you know. So that's what we're trying to say is, whereas if you had to kind of leadership thinking, okay, uh, that happens here, let's mm-hmm. do some leadership work. If it's mm-hmm. not contextualized in the other work that has to be done in the organization, mm-hmm. it's all for naught. Yeah, again, I, I think of my background is consulting and when yeah. we would go into companies we would fix fix quotes systems and so we would change swap out a computer system but we did we ignored this was 20 years ago so yeah. not current um, but I'm sure but it's current kind of practice <laughs> still actually more in <laughs> but we didn't always attend to the culture or yeah. we would say employees need to behave this new way but we don't change the performance management system yeah, yeah. the culture is an organization where people act separately and they compete among business units Hmm. and then we put in a computer system that makes everything transparent. They don't want 
Mm. That's not what the former culture promoted. And so by being unconscious of what we're doing. So so back to your point of we we function in these little, this is my objective, and I'm going straight at that objective, but without looking at the unconscious ripples through the entire organization, Mm. I create damage. Well, you, you know, in a way, you're saying this is an IT system problem, mm-hmm. which will eventually enable us to do mm-hmm. a bunch of other yeah. things. Instead of saying this is a leadership opportunity, a mm-hmm. risk, mm-hmm. And, you know, the way in which we go about doing this is actually this is the leadership development. Mm-hmm. Even though it's an IT system, it feels you know it's yeah. not. So this is, I think, it's not. It's thinking we do mm-hmm. the leadership development when we focus on leadership instead of saying in the IT work. That's how we go about doing mm-hmm. that as leadership mm-hmm. work. And it's not just about, let's do some change management. You know, sprinkle no, that in, do some, and, you know, get the system all, bit of straight change management. It's mm-hmm. actually saying how you go about determining this is a priority, mm-hmm. how you go about you know, basically mm-hmm. engaging, involving, refining, etc. Mm-hmm. That's the leadership opportunity in the most mundane things. So people tend to think of leadership as a sort of remarkable visionary moment, you know, a turnaround, mm-hmm. a bankruptcy or whatever, but it's actually in the details, the mundane mm-hmm. things. You can do it in a leaderful way or, or you know, non-leaderful way. And so that's what I'm saying, by getting the leadership thinking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and it's interesting because, you know, our colleagues in business schools, you get those are kind of, okay, they're the, the, the leadership guys, they're the hopeless romantics, and then the rest of us are doing the, <laughs> doing the work. Yeah, doing the real work, you know, strategy, <laughs> finance, accounting, <laughs> real stuff, you know. But actually, so it's in, it's in that. So, I mean, you, you know, we did, uh, I mean, we started to do that University of Auckland, we started to say, look, let's get people who are in supply chain management, mm-hmm. you know, they've got something in common, and then let's, let's develop our leadership within that, yeah. Okay, so I want to hear more about that. We're going to go to break shortly, and we will be right back with Brad Jackson to talk more about revitalizing leadership. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, 
please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You're joining segment two with Brad Jackson, and we're talking about revitalizing leadership. So you were talking about a supply chain example. Yeah. So, you know, classically, you know, people engage in leadership development. You know, two, mm-hmm. three days, they, they talk about leadership, they get involved, etc., mm-hmm. and they return. Mm-hmm. But actually, what we were finding was if you say, look, there are supply chain issues. So in fact, what we would do is approach organizations that are sufficiently different from each other than they could look. Mm, yeah. And so look, there are people who have lead supply chain mm-hmm. challenges and some of those are operational, technical, financial, whatever, but there's mm-hmm. a leadership element. Yeah. So how, when they are tackling supply chain, how do we surface the leadership mm-hmm. processes mm-hmm. in consultation with the technical, with the... Mm-hmm. And so it was actually much more effective to be able to say, and also given you're dealing with supply chain people, with they've got a shared, reasonably shared context, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not the leadership just emerges as part of the other considerations as opposed to saying, mm-hmm. this is the leadership moment, right? You know, uh, Because there is this sort of sense that that's, you know, that's the, the soft stuff, you know, the, um, mm-hmm. the hard mm-hmm. stuff, and then, you know, let's do some soft stuff, and we'll get back to the hard stuff. It's mm-hmm. the soft and hard. I mean, that's that's the thing that I think we as leadership, you know, who are in leadership development, like, you know, mentioned consulting, mm-hmm. etc., is to sort of get over being precious about the leadership being so important, and this is the primary mm-hmm. thing, etc., to actually say, get in there, start to look at organizational challenges or whatever, and just recognize these as one of a whole bunch of things that actually need to be addressed and, mm-hmm. and not, if you like, put it on a pedestal, right. isolate it. So, I mean, that, that's really what we're trying to do is to say, get in there. Mm-hmm. I found, you know, we're teaching in cases, a really complex technical cases that, you know, people would say, that's got, what's that got to do with leadership? Well, here's a leadership case that, Mm, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. that's that's what we're trying to do is sort of make it ordinary, well not ordinary, but just tied up with In, a whole bunch interconnected of interconnected with Inter- yeah yeah, and, and just mm-hmm. part of the whole things you got to think about mm-hmm. uh, in this as opposed to this is leadership business and then the rest mm-hmm. is business other business you know in fact in our writing we talk about or I talk about the idea that when we're implementing change as a leader I'm not changing those people out there uh-huh. I am also I have to change myself yeah. and it seems like that's one of the big failings is people who have titles of whatever yeah, and yeah. above are less aware that they personally need to change because we haven't talked about it that way yeah you know, once I'm a CEO or whatever I've made it and this is a generalization and and certainly I realize lots of humans are different but it seems like often at a certain level the change is now supposed to happen with them not us so you know um, I understand you've been you know Mm -hmm. talking with Pete Grint and he's been very Mm -hmm. helpful and you know he's being honored here at the the ILA conference and I Mm -hmm. have the the, the, the the pleasure or the privilege of Mm -hmm. of you know uh, thanking him on behalf of all his colleagues but you know, the thing he focuses on is, you know, 
focus on leadership, not leaders. Mm -hmm. That's the critical thing. And we, you know, we mentioned the Revitalizing Leadership book, but the uh, most recent book I've been involved with, my uh, colleague Ken Perry, is called A Very Short, Fairly Interesting, Quite Cheap Book About Studying Leadership. And mm -hmm. It's the third edition. It's a text that's used throughout, throughout the world. But what we developed from Keith is six or six lenses of leadership. And the first two are, you know, person and position. So they focus on, they're the ones that way, the way most people tend to think about leadership. Okay. It's about someone who's in an authority role mm -hmm. and it's all about their personality, you know, you mm -hmm. fix their personality, mm -hmm. etc. Go down a little bit and you can think of it as an iceberg below. Mm -hmm. You've got this uh, focus on performance and process. Okay. So in other words, you know, they're not unimportant who's mm -hmm. at the top and what's their personality. Mm -hmm. Not unimportant, but not by no means crucial. Mm -hmm. uh, but then the, the other lens is bringing to, you know, uh, how the leadership is being done. Mm -hmm. And it's the leadership being done, it's not, you know. Oh, that's the other. I use the word creative, but people have trouble with it. But I mean, I, it's trying to emphasize that this is a living, breathing thing that a whole bunch mm -hmm. of people create, not just the leader. You know? mm -hmm. and, um, and then the other is about the performance of how, you know, what's mm -hmm. been achieved by the leadership. Mm -hmm. How's it measured? How's it yeah, that's rewarded? Right. All that stuff. Actually, the culture tends to fall under that mm -hmm. because it's mm -hmm. not performance is not so much just about you know do you hit the numbers, but are you doing it right? Are you doing it in a legitimate way? Mm -hmm. you know, it, in a way that is consistent with our values and that stuff. That's it, or inconsistent sometimes. You yeah. know, so it's so it's the perform mm -hmm. performance is not just about you know the getting hit and up, mm -hmm. get doing mm -hmm. right. It's actually making sure you're doing it in a way that people see as acceptable as you know mm -hmm. how you how you do it. So they're, they're the four. But just getting down to the, the ones that really matter, as far as I'm concerned, mm -hmm. the ones that don't tend to get much attention. So, I mean, you'll see we've got four P's, there's two mm -hmm. P's in there we, we've added to Keith's. Mm -hmm. And these are very simple ones around purpose and ones around mm -hmm. place. So in other words, why are we creating leadership? Mm -hmm. like I talked to you earlier about mm -hmm. that leadership for what issue. Very closely related to where leadership is being created. And that's okay. sort of where and when. So, so physical place and time in history. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Because I'd say generally, uh, big generalisation, of course, that um, leadership theorists have tried to, you know, get out the particularities mm -hmm. of time and place. So, mm -hmm. if you think about it, I mean, business schools have focused on trying to create, make things faster, mm -hmm. quicker, where More place, efficient. where, where spaces, you know, is it? So, time and space are the they're the enemy. Mm -hmm. We'll do everything we can mm -hmm. to the point where we create an international language of management and mm -hmm. leadership and governance around the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things the business schools have done and leadership professors have, have contributed to. When in fact, if you really are serious about leadership, you need to be much mm -hmm. more conscious about where people are and when they are. Mm -hmm. And that, because often, you know, you mentioned the, the change management. Mm -hmm. Is, you know, there are these steps, the processes, etc., mm -hmm. which are basically universal. I mean, the consulting firms change the logo of the place that on the slides, but basically it's the same show. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, as you well know, I mean, they're an organisation. Where it is and where it is, it matters. It's important mm -hmm. to people. That, you know, that's and that's where people say art oh, resistance or whatever. But actually, instead of it being a constraint, it's a terrific resource for leadership. I was going to say that we are working with human beings yes. who are supporting families who want to do meaningful work, mm. who want to contribute in the world, mm. and helping them, mm. enabling them to do that. Mm. I mean, that's a big part of what leadership should be doing. Yep. But I, what I'm going to say is we have generally suppressed this idea of place. Mm -hmm. Because 
you know, places that are, you know, mm -hmm. and, and really all places is the meaning ascribed to space, right? You know, and, and the time, you know, what, mm -hmm. so what is it about being in Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, mm -hmm. and, you know, Brisbane or whatever, and even within any neighborhoods and you know, mm -hmm. different parts of organizations on floors. Mm -hmm. It's funny how it's different even in departments. Yeah, yeah. People and it's like we've done anything, you know, that's that's foolish, that's not uh, that doesn't mean that needs to be mm -hmm. eliminated because it's not efficient, blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. But actually it's it's fundamentally human to attach meaning to, to where you are. It's what keeps us safe, right? I mean that's how yeah. our brains function. We attach meaning to the random stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, and and ironically, the marketers get that because they go, "Oh, we've got it to sell." Mm -hmm. You know, we need to persuade these people that this is a distinctive place mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. meaningful to them so, and valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is know, where we attach value; therefore, it costs more. Yeah, so city place across the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's, you walk in, it's like a Disney set, you know. And, but mm -hmm. they're, they're trying to create something that people can. You know, feel oh, you know, it can be more human here than it can be. You know, the outer world where I went you know, two days ago. You know, mm -hmm. It's completely placeless, and that's the whole point. It's, ah. just, it's just boxes, and you go to, you walk between the boxes. And it's not hard mm -hmm. to walk between them, by the way. But um, <laughs> so, so there is something. So I'm saying, in a way, people are realizing that there is something distinctive that it's meaningful, and they tap into that perhaps in the marketing. You, mm -hmm. you, you're unique. You're in a unique mm -hmm. context. But actually, uh, in leadership moments, that is where people And you know, in terms of my thinking for this, I am a geographer originally. Sorry, physics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a geographer originally. That's what I was trained in. Mm. That's all about space. Mm, all about okay. Place. But well, working in New Zealand, we, we refer to it as Aotearoa. That's the New Zealand name. I work with Maori, you know, the indigenous, the first mm -hmm, people. Mm -hmm. And they made me change my thinking in a very serious way about two things. They basically said there's no difference between leadership and governance. They're one okay. and the same thing. Which, so hence the leadership and governance idea. Mm -hmm. And the other said is, don't forget it's about land. It's about land. land. Like the, the land. Same about the land, not our land. The land. Because they don't own, right? Well, well but yeah, they do. It says. I mean, which okay. was you know taken from them, etc. Okay, I just but, I was but, thinking but, but they don't have. Do they now own property? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, they do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, big land claims, etc., which the country's working through. But okay, it's beyond the legal entity, and I'm not saying mm -hmm. that's not important. It's actually who you are is where you're from. So Got it. Okay, that's what I was to, trying to clarify. Your connection to land. So they have, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, when you go to the Morai, the, the meeting room, mm -hmm. you're brought on for the porphyry. They ask you, you to give a meeting, which you answer several questions, and two of them are really very interesting. Mm -hmm. The first is, what is your mountain? What is your mountain? Yep, and what is your river? Oh, interesting. So, Maureen, what's your mountain, and what's your river? And so, I was born in Munich, Germany. Yep. I didn't live there when I grew up, so I don't know what I would say. Now yeah. I would say the Olentangy River in Ohio. Great. That's, and we don't have mountains. Well, you got hills. <laughs> you got hills. So no. I live in a ravine, the Wahala Ravine. There you go. And that does define my life yes. because I walk every day in the ravine. Being yeah. outside in the natural world is foundational to how I live my life. Yeah. So, so you know, it's interesting that you, you've done it much better than most people, including me. You know, because I don't really think about that. You know, like where, where, where is there? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting when I you know ask that question. You know, I'm giving talks about leadership and place. Mm -hmm. 
I get people to email me about a month later and say, I figured it out, you know, this is, this is it, you know. And, and it, so that was a powerful question for me because it's about, you know, there's something timeless, mm-hmm. something fundamental about land, about where you are on the earth. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, quote, an environmental issue. But it, I mean, you know, that gives you the basis for, to start mm-hmm. to develop an environmental mm-hmm. consciousness. But it gives you the basis to develop a whole bunch of consciousness as well. So, so, so you know, in a way, what I, what I see is a place where, if you look at leadership theory, it's a leadership thinker that's just pretty well placeless. I mean, uh, although, you know, Keith, who you spoke to, has done a super job of reminding us about history. Okay. You know, his historic perspectives are very mm-hmm. rich to say, look, there's really nothing new mm-hmm. got to learn from that. And, uh, and we've got to go beyond our, the way we generally interpret the past. If we mm-hmm. really want to mm-hmm. understand leadership, you mm-hmm. know, you've got to be able to ask those awkward questions about conventional wisdom. So, in a way, what I, the way I've described leadership in place, it's like a, you know, it's a relationship place influences leadership. And so, mm-hmm. where you're from, so leadership from place. Mm-hmm. And you know, working with place to be able to develop a common purpose, a common identity, and a common, a common direction is really you know it's an important basis mm-hmm. uh, for that leading through place. So it's actually saying we need to tackle this issue, but to get people together, we need to actually say what do they see as the common issues and challenges around the one thing they do share, and that's place. It's beyond the CEO, beyond the position, right. beyond the personalities, beyond the process, beyond the performance. Fundamentally, we'll be here now, gone tomorrow, or gone whenever. But right. this place is, is, is going on. But so what, so the, the sense of seven generations and, and how do I, defining thriving as not just economic, yeah. also economic, yeah. but the money helps us sustain the the... Ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. Socially, culturally, you know, and uh, ecologically. Yeah. If I kill off species yeah. that happen to be part of the food chain yeah. and part of the health of the the physical earth, yeah. Then, without attending to that system, damaging the system causes yeah damage to us. And yeah. I think we don't attend to that as often. No, I think we think, okay, that's environmental leadership and then there's business leadership and then there's... Mm-hmm. But actually, it, it's what I'm trying to do is to mainstream it to say, mm-hmm. look, if, if you're interested in creative leadership, how much are you thinking about your place? How much mm-hmm. are you thinking about your purpose? In addition to how much you're thinking about personality and position and performance and process, you know? Beautiful. It's what I'm trying to say. It's not... It's not about, oh, um, you're an environmentalist or whatever. It's actually saying, mm-hmm. whether wherever you are, you've got a resource there and a constraint because mm-hmm. where you are is a constraint for you. Now you've got to be conscious of that. But as you know, the key task of a leadership is to define the situation. Can they define the situation in a, in a compelling way that others mm-hmm. respond to and say, yeah, I get it. I'm in there. Well, the situation is placed. Beautiful. On that note, we're going to take a break. So let me summarize, though. Attending to the situation, strongly emphasizing place is foundational to how we lead. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it was be you can use it as the sort of basis from which to lead, mm-hmm. not I'll do all this leadership and, all, and then there's a place in which I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Actually, so you begin and start with where you are. You know, the, the phrase I think the oasis you know, had the arm be here now, 
that's ah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah that phrase you know that's mm-hmm. a, that might be a way of encapsulating it hmm I like that thank you we will be right back with Brad Jackson Maureen Metcalf at the International Leadership Association Conference. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We're with Brad Jackson. We are live at the International Leadership Association Conference. And because we're at the conference, and we're in day two or day three, depending on when you arrived, what are you thinking or what are your observations about leadership based on what you're seeing right now? Yeah. And well, the state of leadership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, uh, as you mentioned earlier, I was on the ILA board for about six years and mm-hmm. I got more involved in public policy and government so I had to go to other conferences and mm-hmm. so I'm really enjoying coming back I mean to be mm-hmm. honest the nicest people I've met mm-hmm. in any you know academic or whatever they're all in leadership studies I mean they're, mm-hmm. they're leadership you know, development or whatever so I feel I'm at home very constructive people very engaging very inclusive strong spirit strong sense of collective mm-hmm. purpose as but you know, one of the things I'm concerned about is the, you know, I go to the sessions, it's mm-hmm. pretty well very similar discussions that we had three, five, seven, nine years ago. So there's, okay. and yet the world's changed quite radically. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is that quote, academic training. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I was part of the Emerging Scholars session last night. And okay. I the, the, the student I talked to, a PhD student, you know, was from India mm-hmm. and she's here studying and a PhD you know, the post which you had everything you expect to see in a PhD all the components etc mm-hmm. but I talked to her I said well tell me about who you are and what you want to do tell me about the experience and mm-hmm. she felt that she 
you know, she was sort of, because of the training, she was having to miss a lot of really important philosophical issues because it was just instrumental, you know, identify this bit, this bit, and mm -hmm. you know, do the, the equations. And so, mm -hmm. in a way, she was trapped by the same issues. She was looking to revitalize leadership. She, mm -hmm. she wanted to talk about, you know, uh, issues around place, around purpose, mm -hmm. and the other, but she was, you know, the, the training suggests that you have yeah. to, and so, you know, using various models as well. And so, it's interesting to see, I love the spirit, I love the dedication, I love the care, but I worry about the extent to the, you know, of intellectual, real intellectual curiosity. Mm -hmm. What are we doing to, to harness that and to sort of really, you know, say what's going on out there? What are we doing? So, mm -hmm. incredibly well intelligent, intention, incredibly smart people, incredibly you know caring mm -hmm. people, and that gives me a lot of a lot of heart. Mm -hmm. But then I think, wow, you know what? To what extent are we really making a difference? In it? You know, I looked at the person who won the award for, I think it was doctoral dissertation. Yes, yes, Nicole. And she, it sounded like she was really evaluating the current state of leadership as well, yep. especially gender dynamics, yeah, yeah. and saying, we need to change this. Yeah. I've met her for the first time this morning, mm -hmm. too. In fact, she works with a very good colleague of mine, Eric Guthrie, who I've written with. You know, I mean, in a way, it's... It just feel like that the way we talk about the issue and the kind of obsession we have about it, and then the sort of romanticism about it, the sense of this, you know, this heroic ideas about it actually holding up our ability to to really make the change that we need. I think that's what she's because mm -hmm. she's sort of saying, I need to find the leader in me, and it's all about the leader in me versus look, get over yourself. It's about creating leadership. It's about how do we get people, you know, to actually tackle these problems, you know, mm -hmm. creating a common sense of identity, purpose, and direction. That's what leadership is. So, it's, so moving the discourse from saying, I need to be a really good leader, I need to be seen to be a good leader, that's really important, you know, mm -hmm. sort of identity-based, yeah. to actually say, look, what's really important is leadership, and that's an argument to keep us developed and a number mm -hmm. of others as well over Susie Wilson mm -hmm. who was the co-author with me here won the same prize four years ago mm -hmm. yeah, with a historic very strong historic critique of the underpinnings of leadership mm -hmm. heavily individualized you know heavily instrumental you know heavily psychological in the uh, and, and, and so yeah so it's a, you know it's it's great to see the similar argument mm -hmm. I mentioned to Nicole Susan she's oh, you know, <laughs> I was using her work as well so you know it, it is this feeling that yeah we, we're, you know, we're being trapped because of the way we think about leadership and this is why this lens is approach is good mm -hmm. because okay you get the leader in there and you know all this mm -hmm. sort of stuff mm -hmm. but you get followers you get following I mean the way Ken and I define leadership in the, in the um, very short book is about it's leading and following it's, okay, and, it's, good. and it's through communication it's the only way it happens it doesn't happen any mm -hmm. other way but the critical thing is so the following and leading is, is something we, we got over the previous edition was leader and follow we got over that mm -hmm. we're now leading and following because in this conversation mm -hmm. you're leading I'm following then we lead and follow etc but the critical thing is what's it for you know, that's, and that's back to purpose yep purpose you know identity and direction you know 
<laughs> so that, that, that's all it is. It's not. It's not no magic, and it can mm -hmm. either be done for, for bad or for good. When I do leadership workshops, the first thing we start with, if they go through a full process, yeah. is understanding your own purpose. Mm. If I yes. don't know who I am and what I'm about, it is harder for me to lead as a mm. truly effective leader. Mm. If I'm not capturing that part of who I am, that is the leader. Yeah, well, as Dan Paul. Yeah, that's important, but probably even more important as, as, as your role as a leader is to try to gain a collective sense mm -hmm. of who are we, what mm -hmm. are we stand for, and where are we going. And in fact, so we do a series of reflection questions that are in the categories of who am I, what do I believe, who am I and what do I do, yeah. who are we and what do we stand for, yeah, yeah. and then who are we and what do we do, yeah, yeah. and creating alignment within all of those. So knowing myself and knowing us, yeah. and if, if I'm not aligned with the organization, it's really, it creates ethical questions. About yeah. How do I lead, and what am I doing here? Yeah. No, I think that's a that's a powerful process. Just to you know provoke, because that's mm -hmm, my job. That's why that's why I'm in Australia, not here. But he's, you know, in fact, you know, my experience mm -hmm. with the Aboriginal people of, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. of, uh, of Australia has reinforced what I learned from from Maori is that actually all that matters is who we are. Mm -hmm. You just start with the who we are, and then maybe mm -hmm. from that, the I question. So we is the most important question, and we and, and land are completely inseparable. Completely. Mm -hmm. If you've seen the linguistic groups, there's something like over 600 linguistic groups in Australia, amongst the uh, you know Aboriginal people. Okay. They're all bound by place. They're all. Mm -hmm. you know, and to by mm -hmm. land, so the place actually, you know, you talked about the ravine or the, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's dying, you know, so it's there. So the language, we talked about, you know, leadership being a communicative process, the language is central, it's grounded in, in the land, you know, the language has evolved because of the particular geographic challenge that they had, you know. Mm, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah, so in a way, I fully get I need to figure out who I am, then I, we need to figure out who we are. I'm questioning that, I'm saying why, why is that important? Uh, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in a culture, specifically the US, mm. where there is a lot of individualism, yeah. as a leader, knowing who I am mm. allows me to come to the organization with a, a greater sense of grounding. Yeah. Rather than, I'm I am the collection of the things everyone told me I am, without giving any um, mm -hmm. reflection to it. But to what extent, when people are working, and this is what I think mm -hmm. uh, Nicole's mm -hmm. argument is, by the way, uh, is when people say, "Oh, I've worked out who I am," is that conditioned by the expectations that are placed on them to be who they need to be? I'm sure it is. Yeah. I would like to say our processes invites them to consider that. Mm. But the reality is that level of reflection takes a great deal of time and effort. Mm. And not everyone is interested or able, mm. given their life conditions, to even take the time to reflect yeah, in, in, the, in a deep way. Yeah. And, you know, let's be frank, uh, dominant thinking about leadership has been Anglo-Saxon. Mm -hmm. Very individually focused, mm -hmm. heroic. Mm -hmm. If your leader's not delivering, get someone else in very passive-aggressive mm -hmm. in terms of its mm -hmm. approach. 
Um, whereas, you know, Hispanic communities and the other, mm-hmm. which is becoming, you know. Very collective. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's interesting going to Miami versus going to West Palm Beach. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, they're in the same city. It's a <laughs> completely different experience, you know. So, in New Zealand, you know, uh, we've become increasing, we have the sort of, the, you know, the family people of the, yeah. In this period of about 20 years, we've become one of the most diverse countries oh, on, the, on, on the planet. Okay. Yeah. And, and what's interesting from my perspective, because I was at one point the first professor of leadership in, in the office, the only one for a little while, and there's thankfully quite a few others mm-hmm. now, but was to see that as a tremendous resource for different approaches and philosophies of leadership mm-hmm. that you could actually draw on to say, in order to tackle these problems, there are other ways that we can create leadership that we need to learn from, not mm-hmm. just this sort of Anglo-Saxon-based powerful leader who goes in, makes the change, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, and, and I think, that, so, so it's actually thinking about the extent to which that's sort of a powerful resource to draw on, mm-hmm. to say, you know, actually we've got, a, you know, these are tough, wicked problems. Mm-hmm. Just the way we we've gone about talking, it, it's not it's not working. So. No, in fact, we we created a competency model that builds on some um, research by Suzanne Cook-Greiter from Harvard, looking mm-hmm. at developmental maturity and innately collaborative is one of the characteristics, and that means collaborating with people who are different than me, yeah. not finding my clones around the world and collaborating mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. But we don't solve wicked problems by insulating. We solve them by looking outside, mm-hmm. evaluating, and evaluating both the problem, the conditions that created them, and ourselves. Mm-hmm. How am I contributing to the perpetuation of the problem just by my thinking and behavior? Yeah. So I think, again, I, I need to know who I am and how I'm contributing yeah. so that I can separate myself out and stop being part of the problem. Yeah, and let me tell you, one of the things you would notice from nine years ago or 10 mm-hmm. or 20 years mm-hmm. ago, of course, the first conference was 20 years ago, yeah. 20th anniversary, is the very true diversity. I mean, people mm-hmm. from all over the world, I mean, it's mm-hmm. remarkable. And from, you know, gender, mm-hmm. like, you know, is a very strong feminine Mm-hmm. Uh, feel to this mm-hmm. conference, which is terrific, you know, also from, you know, the various uh, ethnic, mm-hmm. and so it looks and feels and sort of, um, mm-hmm. my only worry is that, uh, when is that, you know, yeah, no doubt about it, it's terrific to see this diversity, mm-hmm. but to what extent have we really harnessed that diversity of thinking? Know, so, as, to what extent has mm-hmm. the agenda really changed as a result? Not so much the agenda. Well, the agenda is important, but how we tackle the problems that we've got, and that's what I'd say. Um, you know, when you talked earlier about mm-hmm. my concerns, I don't feel this has really changed in a way it mm-hmm. could do and should mm-hmm. do. And that's something you know, as a board, we were always working on. Do we are an international leadership association? What does that mean in terms of how we? need to be as an association how do we need to run the conferences and how do we so mm-hmm. you know it's something I'm just a little still not quite you know settled with so um, are you going to rejoin the board to impact that <laughs> well <laughs> I've been invited but uh, yeah no they've got some exceptionally fine fine people there and uh, you know I'll do what I can from 
from my vantage point in Australia now and uh, do what I can. I mean, I held the first regional conference in Oceania in New Zealand, but Australia mm -hmm. Pacific mm -hmm. Islanders, and I think that's been really important for the ILA is being mm -hmm. able to hold these conferences in South Africa and Lima mm -hmm. and uh, you know in, in Europe too. So mm -hmm. I think that's another way of saying we've got something you know using geography there as the basis for a gathering of people. What do you got in common? And I'm a great, passionate believer in Oceania. I love that part of the world. I think it's, you know, it's some, it's got, there's some very rich leadership and governance philosophies there that we mm -hmm. want to share with the rest of the, of the world. So, you know. Maybe I need to come to your next conference. Yeah. And, yeah. And, <laughs> so in one minute, what's next for you? Yeah, well, my, my focus, I'm directing the, the Policy Innovation Hub, and, you know, we work on policy challenges, you know, that the state government mm -hmm. Queensland's focused on, on NGOs, the Commonwealth Government, etc. And what I'm hoping to be able to do is to build, you know, a stronger sort of set, leadership mindset to policy, mm -hmm. because it's, you know, it's quite analytical. And, mm -hmm. But we want it to be more innovative, which actually says how you go about defining policy problems and how you go about implementing them is, should be as important as, quote, the policy itself. So our key focus is around collaborative governance, how to get mm -hmm. you know, government working with community, working with indigenous groups, working with business. But how do you get the leadership that enables that governance? So in other okay. words, and how do you get the governance that, that sustains the leadership? You know. I, yeah, I so, do see that. So to me, what's central there is place. So in other words, you define the place and you basically make that central to tackling the problems. And the problems get defined by the place. What's, mm -hmm. what's mm -hmm. up in mind? What's up in most for this place? The problem definition should come from the place. But that's going to require some, some pretty canny leadership that's beyond NGO, beyond business, beyond government, beyond indigenous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the cross-sectoral challenge around places, that's the big challenge. And um, yeah, so that's what's next. But uh, I want to thank you for uh, giving me the chance to talk with you. I've learned a lot uh, from there and I really appreciate you know, being, being here. Thank you so it. much. And I'm sure our listeners will get great value from this. And my invitation to the listeners is always, what have you learned? How has this conversation changed your mindset? And what will you either think differently about or behave differently as a leader? Yeah. So thank you for well, what would you take? What would you take issue with? <laughs> <laughs> or that too. <laughs> and for me, it was more about place. joining us live in West Palm Beach at the International Leadership Association Conference. In these turbulent times, investing time and energy to build and evolve leadership skills becomes a critical success factor for individuals and their organizations. I challenge each of us to explore the impact of leadership on our lives and on the lives of those we lead. Imagine what each of us could do as we work together to address our challenges and leverage this unique point in time where the impact of a small change from one person or one organization can ripple across the globe. Together we can create a world that is truly peaceful, just, and prosperous. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope you join us again soon.
Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then. Drive and thrive and have a great week.